Elliot, between Timeless and Westworld, I've been thinking a lot about uh, about our past, and uh, especially with Westworld, if you could travel back to the old West, what character would you want to be in the town? Mm, so I'm about to choose from. I mean, if you want to be the, uh, the sheriff, everyone's gunning for you. If you want to be the outlaw. Then the gunning. sheriff's gunning for you. Sheriff's gunning for you. I don't know. I'm not sure. Who would you be? I think I'd be the incomprehensible town drunk. Hell, I was born here, and I was raised here, and that coming, I'm gonna die here. And no sidewind and bushwhacking, horn swoggling, crocker crocker is gonna roll away, biscuit cutter. Now, who can argue with that? Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. Huh. You know, if I could go back in time myself, I'd want to be Otis in Mayberry. You know, just check myself into the jail every night. Oh, so we'd both be the town drunk. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrano. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. I'd just like to say, get a life. Where's Otis? He's not in his cell. I shot him. Well, that's... What? Now I'm going down to Emmett's Fix-It Shop to fix Emmett. Keith Conrad, Chicago radio producer, all-around nice guy, friend of those who have no friends. Elliot Serrano over there, you may remember him from such comics as Homies, Grumpy Cat, and uh, Ash Saves Obama. He's still saving Obama. To this day. You know, you know, the one thing that kind of bothered me about uh, 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 Ash Saves Obama is that Obama didn't really look like Obama. He just... He, he yeah, just, well, the joke to that was that um, in the old time comic books, um, when the president appeared, you never really saw the president's face. <clears throat> you only saw like the back of their head, a shadow, something like that. And I'm, I couldn't remember why exactly they did it. Like they didn't want to show the president for either legal reasons or maybe it was, again, if you show Richard Nixon in a comic book, then you've pretty much tied that story in that time period to the time when Richard Nixon was president. Uh, that's true. So I said, let's, I, I, I wrote in the script, we're going to treat Obama like the shark in Jaws. We're not going to see him until the very end. And you saw him for one panel. <laughs> the very end of the, of the book. Because <clears throat> I thought it'd be fun to do that. But then, you know, a lot of folks didn't get the reference. You see, there should be like a, you know, movies have like a commentary track and everything. There should be like a behind the scenes thing you get with the comic to explain. Okay, if you didn't get what I was trying to do here. Yeah, I did. Um, I started writing commentaries later on for my comics, but I never I never did a commentary for Ash Shaves Obama. Maybe one day, if people really want it, I'll I'll write one. Yeah. Well, I know that, uh, you know, like Bear McCreary, who does, uh, you know, scores for, uh, he does some movies, too, but mostly TV shows. Like, he does The Walking Dead and uh, Outlander, and he did Battlestar Galactica. Uh, he actually, you know, he, he waits a few weeks after the episode airs, but he actually does, like, a, a blog post on, on, you know, sort of his process of writing the music. He could probably do something uh, something similar. Yeah, I might do like an audio commentary or something. 
Yeah. Well, or, if that's, again, that's if people are interested in a seven-year-old comic book. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, uh, you know, at seven years old, then you definitely don't have to worry about uh, any spoilers. Right. Because if they really cared, they would have they bought the comic by now. Or they've pirated it. Because I, it's funny that um, I have Google Alerts set up for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever something of mine shows up, something mentioning me is on the Internet. And I always get the alert for when a book that I've written is being pirated, you know, illegally pirated and put up for um, download on the internet without any, you know, recompense. You need to have less <sighs> You need to have some way where when that happens, all anybody gets is the video of Dennis Nedry from uh, Jurassic Park on. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, you didn't say the magic word. Ah, uh, 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 yep. <laughs> I don't have that kind of I don't have that kind of hacker skill. Maybe if I find uh, that four hundred pound Russian hacker that's doing all that work for Donald Trump. Yeah, you never know. He he might be. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks from now, he's going to have plenty of time in his hands anyway. Oh yeah. So we yeah, that, that's not that big of a deal. Uh, you know what? We, we we did the thing you don't you don't want to do in the comics. We just you know mentioned the election. So you know the, this episode after the election, you won't be able to listen to it. Yeah, because people will be like, oh, it's from then. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when everybody was all angry during election season. Because, you know, after after Election Day, everybody's going to be holding hands, singing Kumbaya. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be we're going to we're going to enter a post sexism and post racist America. Geek Counter Geek, part of the Radio Misfits podcast network, where you can also find On a Quest with Jill Urchek. This week, uh, Jill's talking with Erica, a ghost hunter. So since it's ghost hunter, probably don't listen to it with the lights off. All that and more on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Remember, Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just went to a better place. So uh, speaking of pretty much the opposite of, you know, no sexism and no racism, uh, Westworld (laughs) is pretty good. Uh, so far, two episodes in, it's uh, I you know it I uh, I've only seen the movie you know two or three times. Uh, I really liked it, but I wouldn't say you know I was a huge fan. It's not my favorite to Michael Crichton work, uh, but it's it's still a good one. And I think I think the movie, aside from the uh, you know the sort of campy seventies ish special effects, holds up pretty well. You know just because it's you know it's it's sort of the it's sort of what what sci-fi was in that time period you know robots are eventually going to uh you know rise up and kill us you know sort of the terminator vibe um but it'll be interesting to see how they actually carry that over through a a whole season because or or, or a whole series rather because it it seems like if, if the this whole thing is leading up to some sort of robot uprising in within the the park it seems like it's kind of tough to get like five seasons in a movie out of that well, it's just, you know, if you want to go beyond the whole, uh, the, the conceit of, yes, something like creating artificial intelligence and then seeing how it turns on you. <clears throat> Maybe they want to, you know, they know we've seen this movie before, but now we're going to take it another step. Kind of like we were saying um, that could have been what um, Devlin and Emmerich were doing with Independence Day Resurgence. And then. Yeah, except that didn't work out too well. <laughs> You know, as a matter of fact, we, we just don't we, I, I think society, much like the Donald Trump candidacy, society is pretty much just going to eventually act like that didn't happen. That, that didn't happen. Right. So um, I'm just waiting because I know in the original Westworld, you had Yul Brenner, you know, 
uh, pretty much reprising his role from Magnificent Seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I think that was kind of, uh, you know, not necessarily joke, but that's that's why he was cast in that specifically because of, of Magnificent Seven. Uh, in this particular version of it, you actually have Ed Harris in that role. And um, he's uh, he's pretty good so far. Oh, I thought they were going to bring Denzel Washington in, you know, because Denzel's in the remake. So why not have him? Better yet, <laughs> have Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt could be one of the robots, one of the, the, the cowboy robots. So not only was he in a park where the dinosaurs ran wild, he is the robot that runs wild in a, in a robot park. Oh, the tables have turned. Yeah. I, I like that idea a lot. HBO, we know you're listening. You know, just <laughs> f- feel free to, you know, throw uh, Elliot and I a few shekels if you use if you use the idea, which we know you will. A casting, casting, casting decisions made on the Internet are the best ones. <laughs> yeah, always, always. They always work out just fantastically. Uh, so, yeah, Westworld is, uh, is pretty good. But, uh, you know, I, I find myself saying that with a lot of series lately. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good concept, but I'm, I'm interested to see how they actually turn it into, you know, like 100 episodes. You know, it, it, again, you know, if, if you have a story you want to tell, just, you know, make a miniseries and call it a day. Well, so that seems to be the thing right now with everyone. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. J.J. Uh, Abrams is a producer along with uh, Chris Nolan's brother. Yeah, it's uh, Jonathan Nolan and J.J. Abrams. I, uh, I'm not sure how much J.J. Abrams is involved in it, aside from the fact that you know his, um, his uh, name pops up in the credits, because I haven't seen him doing a whole lot of press for it. But uh, mm. Jonathan Nolan is apparently like the guy who came up with the story. So he had the, 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 again, the concept for it. He knows, okay, this is what happens in the original. We can work with that. And again, if you're talking about a series, you're right. There's, there's got to be something beyond that. Now, considering that <clears throat> Jonathan Nolan um, and, and Chris have come up with some really interesting bits. I mean, of course, they, they gave us Inception. They gave right. us um, Interstellar. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a long uh, a long form, like a, a long, I don't want to call it a long con. Yeah. A, that's what Lost was. <laughs> <laughs> it really was, yeah. No, uh, I've, uh, one of the, uh, one of the stars uh, had said that um, they have it written out, you know, all the way through the end of the series. Like, they know exactly where they're going with this. It's, it, they're not making it up as they go along. They have it all planned out. Whether or not it ends up being any good, I, you know, I, I guess that's, uh, you know, open, to interpretation as the series plays out, but they do know exactly where they're going with that. So I guess that, you know, that, that should calm some of my fears about it. Well, the moment Damon Lindelof, his name appears in the credits, I'm jumping the ship. I'm like, I'm out. I'm yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's not even an, even invited for a set visit just because <laughs> that, that might ruin the whole thing. You know, between him and the, the, the Star Trek guys, I'm like, no, no, done, done so. You know, speaking of which, I haven't heard of them doing anything. You know, I, I don't think they're involved in Transformers anymore. They've been kicked out of Star Trek. I, I think that, you know, that might be it for them. I thought they were on the new Michael Bay Transformers, unless I'm wrong about that. Uh, I thought that it was New Rider. Uh, you know, I have the Internet right here. I, you know, I could <laughs> probably look it up and, and see. No, the uh, fact that we don't know, I mean, is, is enough. I mean, the fact that. 
And if you're this, and I don't even care. You know, so. Oh, I didn't know this. Anthony Hopkins is in the next Transformers movie. How in the world did that happen? <clears throat> he's, a, he's the one Autobot that eats the other ones. He just, like, peels the grills off the others and puts them on his own grill. Just, you know. uh, yeah, different writers. It's Matt Holloway and Art Markham, whoever, whoever they are. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm getting the sense because of the things that Anthony Hopkins is agreeing to do, including, by the way, Westworld, that, uh, you know, at this point, he's sort of like Alec Guinness, you know, when they asked him to do Star Wars, it's like, okay, sure, if you're writing me a check, why not? It's, that's kind of everywhere, and I mean, considering how much, um, you know, how hard it is to come by work, and let's face it, just because you appeared in front of a camera doesn't mean... Uh, you know, you're constantly getting a nice fat royalty check, you know, well, might as well. Anthony Hopkins got to eat. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know Orson Welles got a lot of grief, you know, later in his career for literally agreeing to do anything. But, you know, yeah. why, why not? You're, was, uh, you're there. You got nothing to better, better to do anyway. Why not make a few bucks? <laughs> of course. And then doing a radio commercial for peas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard that one. Oh. You know, to, oh, to me, to me, the Orson Welles uh, frozen peas uh, uh, tape is is even better than Casey Kasem exploding. Way better. Just yeah, because yeah, right. it, it's Way like better. a it's like a you know even when he's very calm about it, he's still being vaguely insulting to everybody. And uh, it it just doesn't get any better than that. I'll, you know, I'll I'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes for that one, just so people can see it in all its glory. Because it was a Pinky in the Brain episode, but you probably didn't know that when you were watching it. Um. So you you probably you know if you ever watched Pinky in the Brain, you probably have heard it. You just didn't know that's what you were listening to. We know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives. Every July, peas grow there. Do you really mean that? I, yeah, so in other words, I'd, I'd start half a second late. Don't you think you really want to say July over the snow? Isn't that the fun of it? It's, it if you can make it almost when that shot disappears, it'll make my... I think it's so nice that, that you see a snow-covered field and say every July, peas grow there. We know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives. Every July, peas grow there. We aren't even in the fields, you see. Yeah, we aren't. We're talking about them growing, and she's picked them. Yeah. On what? On in July. I don't understand you, then. When must, what must be over for July? Uh, when we get out of that snowy field. When I was out, we were onto a can of peas, a big dish of peas, when I said in July. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, always. It wasn't until I actually saw that that I realized that the voice of the brain was Orson Welles. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, while we're uh, stuck in the time travel canard, um, Timeless is uh, on NBC, also about uh, two episodes in. And uh, so far, uh, the Hindenburg has, uh, well, it's blown up, but blown up in a different way. And so that ended up changing the world as we know it. Uh, It's actually uh, a very complicated thing. Uh, Spoiler alert. Somehow, because of... uh, So... And this this is this is an interesting thing about this sh- this show because okay so like in, in Quantum Leap uh, the the rules were that you know he could time travel within his own lifetime because he was basically Which makes sense yeah it makes sense because <clears throat> if um, again quantum theory um, postulates that 
all time takes place at the same time. So the only thing that's different about time as far as our perception is that because we, we live in a linear timeline, that's the way we perceive it. So from the moment we live, from the moment we're born to our death, <clears throat> from, from, from the quantum perspective, everything ever has, is happening all at once, has already happened, past, present, future, all happening at once, just we can only perceive it that way. So you can only go up and down the timeline within your own, within your own lifespan because that's what you lived. Right. And in uh, in Timeless, it's pretty much exactly the opposite, because they can time travel to any time that they're not already in. So, like, any time that, that, you know, the main characters that are time traveling, they're actually alive. They can't they can't do that. And they, they, they can't go to that time. And they haven't quite explained if they're not physically able to or if it's just some sort of rule that they've adopted to avoid, like, the grandfather paradox or something. Right. Which it, it <laughs> seems like... Makes it, yeah, it, it seems like, um, you know, you wouldn't be too worried about that. But by, by the way, uh, you know, I liked my grandfather. Um, I, I only met one of them. I, why would I? Why would anybody kill their own grandfather? I, I've never understood that. Are you sure you weren't your own grandfather? I'm pretty sure about that one. Yeah. Never know. <laughs> so you know, maybe in like thirty years from now, when you're in that quantum leap program, you'll be thinking about this. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. <clears throat> so, so the uh, so, so the rules are the opposite. They can go to anywhere. They're not already in so so far they've gone to the hindenburg and the lincoln assassination and they've just changed things a little bit which is interesting because usually in like most time travel episodes it ends up ending with things going the way that they were supposed to you know right no no matter how much you try to change it things end up going back to the way that they were and it seems like in this uh, particular series they're doing the opposite where they're just changing everything a little bit so that every time they come back it's sort of like marty mcfly at the end of back to the future where he came back and suddenly his family was rich and um which is a little disturbing when you think about it because he wouldn't have had any idea of what happened in his life because everything yeah. would have been slightly different <clears throat> um, was, and it, the only thing that made his family the only thing that made his family redeemable was wealth um yeah yeah pretty much i never thought of it that way but but yeah very 80s message you know hey yeah if you do things right you're rich otherwise you end up being white trash exactly yeah uh so <laughs> so that that, that it, it's interesting that that you know, in this particular series, they're throwing everything out and saying, oh, no, we're just going to change everything in every episode. Like, uh, you know, now Lincoln was actually shot by the bad guy from the uh, from the series with a Glock, you know, rather huh? than a, rather than a gun that actually existed at the time. And and nobody seemed to uh, nobody seemed to weirded out by that. All you know? right. So there's like, got to be there's got to be like a long again, a long con or, you know, well, a longer story arc here. That, that's the thing, you know, with, uh, you know, usually, usually when, when you look at a series, there, there's usually like, you know, the individual episode that you're looking at. And there and there's some sort of like, you know, longer story arc that they're that they're dealing with. And right now, it seems to be that the main character is uh, trying to 
bring back her sister because when they changed what happened with the Hindenburg, somehow that ended up causing her sister to not be born. And <laughs> so I, I would assume like the longer story arc is her trying to fix things so that her sister actually does exist. Um, but I don't know yet. And that, that's a little weird because usually, you know, usually even at the beginning, you're going to know what the, you know, what the story arc is. But uh, so far, they haven't they haven't given any clues to that. These uh, characters missed out on two things. First, they didn't watch that classic episode of Star Trek, City on the Edge of Forever. Right. Which would have told them, stop screwing with things. And two, they did not read Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which also tells you, stop screwing with things. Right. <laughs> that, that, that's a it's a good message. You know, like uh, like Abraham Simpson once told his his son, Homer. If you ever go back in time, don't step on anything because even the smallest change can alter the future in ways you can't even imagine. Um, yeah, and and apparently this is a lesson that, that these writers just haven't learned. Well, uh, at some point they need to have the characters come back to the present and have it rain donuts. And everybody have uh, like lizard tongues. Lizard tongues, but it's raining donuts. Yeah. Donuts? What are donuts? Oh, it's raining again. <laughs> but it's the whole thing is the the. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm going to assume I'm going to assume, of course, that these writers, just like with Westworld, that they're saying, okay, this sort of thing has been done and done to death, but we have a different take on it, and we have a different uh, outcome to this because. You know, time. We've do- talked about this in the past. Timeless and quantum. Le- I mean, these time travel shows over time. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> um, you know, they 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 have explored almost every possible time travel theory that's out there. So, and you know what the consequences of traveling through time and doing things and changing things. So, I don't know because again, I, I've Doctor Who has pretty much rammed certain ideas about time travel into my head so if i right. watch this i'm like eh, nope doesn't work <laughs> yeah well well the so far okay so the I, I guess the overall story arc is that there's this bad guy who's going back in time and changing random things you know like so far the hindenburg and the uh and the uh, the, the lincoln assassination where um, the things still happen, but they happen differently, and that changes something. So I guess what he's trying to do is is uh, just change little things here and there so that eventually he gets the result that he wants. Uh, I guess, you know, we, we just at this point don't know what result he's trying to get because everything seems to be somewhat random. Mm. All right. But you know, no, is, is the good guy is the good guy, or is it is it is it the bad guy who's the former doctor from ER? Uh, it's the bad guy who's the former doctor from ER. Okay, so he's a bad guy. I remember that. Yeah. I remember when they were they were trying to make him the new George Clooney. Yeah, and it didn't quite work out for him. And I think that's you know, I think that's probably what turned him bad. <laughs> Could it be Clooney? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Yep. The, the thing that's somewhat, uh, you know, going to get old kind of quick is, you know, every time period they've they've gone to thus far in two episodes, they, they've sort of done the bit of, well, you know, these olden times weren't so good for the woman and the black man. And the yes, and the black man. And that is absolutely true. There is pretty much no time period that you could travel back to 
uh, that that would be good if you were a woman or an African American person. Um, um, I don't think I don't even think the present is. Good yeah, you could you women. could make an <laughs> argument that the present isn't that great for them, but you know, like it, it's just kind of funny how that comes up in literally every episode so far. Yeah. Well, I was like, I have yet to, you know, in all honesty, I have yet to see an episode of Timeless. I often catch the the little bits, you know, the the teasers on on the, on television, and my goodness, if the if the woman didn't look just like Haley Atwell, I'm like, oh wait, what is she? Is she uh, Peggy Carter now? Is this what is this Agent Carter? Yeah, no? that was my thought too. I I, w- I thought uh, for a second that uh, that that's just what Haley Atwell was doing, and then I found out it was a completely different actress. Yeah, it's like oh, so Haley Atwell's taking over a new show, although she's on a different show. No, and, and by the way, they're going to have a uh, an Agent Carter animated series with uh, Haley Atwell. Oh, nice! That'll, that'll work. Yeah. Uh, so, so they'll basically what what they'll do is they'll do the same thing that Star Trek did. Okay, so the shows it, it's it's popular but doesn't quite have the ratings to succeed or stick around. So it gets canceled. They bring it back as an animated series. It develops a nice little cult following, and then a few years later we have uh, we have uh, uh, Agent Carter the movie directed by Robert K. Weiss. <laughs> He's dead, isn't he? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, okay. You, so it won't you be- really went into that bag of obscure, and you pulled out dead obscure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of movies uh, the uh, the rogue one uh, trailer second trailer i guess it's the final one or is there a, maybe another one expected uh it, it's we, we've got two months so it, i guess it's possible there could be a third one uh but the second one landed this week and the internet basically exploded um the the thing that i really liked about it was there was um there was an image where they were showing like a a monument to a Jedi that had clearly been blown up, you know, presumably by the Empire, sort of like the Taliban in Afghanistan, you know, blowing up religious artifacts. And I thought that was a really, you know, I and, and you don't know they they say there's not going to be any Jedi in this movie, and and I would assume that's you know that's not some sort of con on their part. Uh, there's probably not going to be any Jedi in this movie, but uh, I thought that was kind of a a, a good way of you know, uh, of dealing with the fact that, uh, you know, they're not there anymore. Um, but it's still recently enough that people would remember them and, you know, people would still be sort of reacting to the fact that they're not there anymore. You know, it's like, um, think of any religious sect, right? You know, and, and, and how they come and they go. And sometimes, you know, if you kind of like, um, uh, you know, push, you know, suppress talk about them or ideas of them. I mean, you consider this, um, that the Jedi after the fall, you know, after the rise of the empire, the rise of Palpatine, the Jedi are painted sort of like as, um, they wanted to overthrow the government. Right. You know, it was a whole thing that they were going to take over the Senate, which is that technically is what they wanted to do. And I'm, I remember even reading, uh, watching revenge of the Sith and going, this is the worst idea ever. I mean, the good guys are like doing nothing but bad. They've got nothing but bad ideas right now, you know. So right, you because, because technically they just they just walked right into the trap. Because technically they were doing exactly what what Palpatine said they were doing. It's just they had good reason to do what they what Palpatine said they were right. doing. 
So you take the Jedi and maybe you change them from from people thinking about them as these powerful force wielders and that they were just simply a military force that attempted a coup d'etat. And then, you know, that's the way you reframe how people look at them in their minds. And then after the Jedi are wiped out, they're just another, you know, another general or whomever who, you know, just gets, you know, swept aside. And they're the Michigan remembers. militia who try, you know, yeah, you know, like so literally the, the Michigan militia tried to overthrow the government that, you know, they wouldn't be viewed very favorably. Right. And, and people would kind of like, eh, oh, those crazy nuts, you know, so. And I mean, again, it, as, as we've already learned in, in our society here, people have very short memories. We have very, very short memories when it comes to history. I mean, I'd say 20 years, it's easy to convince somebody that um, somebody who at one point was good was bad. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, it, it is interesting, though, because there, there's still something of a disconnect between the way that they are portrayed in A New Hope and sort of the way that things actually are. Because, you know, in, in A New Hope, it was sort of acted like they were, you know, you would have thought they were gone for a thousand years and people just heard heard legends of them when really it's only like 15, 20 years later. Yeah, that's a that's kind of like a bit with, um, you know, again, it's kind of like a flaw within uh, Lucas's kind of framing everything. He probably expected things to be a little different. You know, he, I never knew, thought would have thought that, let's say, Revenge of the Sith takes place, you know, 20 years before A New Hope. Is that supposed to be like, the, the, the timeline is supposed to be that long. Um, but th there are certain things that don't just, just don't quite jive. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the storytelling bit about it. And then, and yeah, and then back to the bit about, you know, how we view the Jedi in, in a new hope where, uh, one, um, we only see it through two perspectives. One is via, um, um, well, no, three perspectives. Of course, via Obi-Wan, who talks to Luke about it. And Luke uh, Luke knows about the Jedi. He's heard about them. So the idea of there being Jedi Knights isn't something new to him. So it's obvious that maybe he had conversations with his uncle about it, you know, or yeah. he's read some stories, so on. And then, of course, you have Han Solo, who scoffs at it, doesn't believe it. So he's obviously heard the stories, but he just doesn't buy into it. And then you have Grand Moff Tarkin, who, when they, when the, the the thought of the Jedi are brought up, he turns to Vader and he says, "You are the last one of that old religion, my friend." Which, when you think about it, makes no sense because in Rebels he's fighting Jedi. Well, and and that's also not true because in, in the way that uh, you know Vader, you know, sort of the way that Vader has to be thinking about it. Um, he's he is the only Jedi that didn't turn against the Emperor. Like every, everybody else was rebelling against uh, against Palpatine, and that's why they had to be gone. But mm -hmm. you know, we, we we've um, you know he has Vader has Inquisitors and everything. So so really, he's created like this new Jedi Order that's just you know that serves the Emperor and the dark side. So the way that he thinks about it, he's still fighting the same war that he, and the same side that he always has. So he wouldn't think of himself as being the, you know, 
being the last of this this order that that died off he still thinks he's right in the middle of it right and yet nobody else wants to kind of accept that like you know what i was like huh? i'm like guys i mean again back to tarkin i'm like dude you're dealing with you know the, you're dealing with jedi now i mean it happened in like the, the the last episode of rebels where he's talking about dealing the with the the jedi leadership within the rebel the rebel forces which yes this is rebels takes place like four or five years before a new hope so maybe by the end of that grandma tarkin thinks they're dead and they're all gone you know but again it's like this whole thing you're as you're saying that the jedi either they're either gone and and no one knows about them or they're around and people kind of like don't want to talk about them and if four or five years ago you know that there was at least one jedi who was around who was training another jedi there's no reason for you to believe that that was it you know right if, if there was this other jedi that you failed to kill who is training an apprentice there's a you know it's a pretty good bet that there's other people who survived and they were training their own apprentices apprentice sai what? Padawans. Padawans. Yeah. See. <laughs> see. That's why they came up with, uh, with, uh, with Padawan. Um, yeah. So that, you know, and, and I guess you know, to a certain extent, at the end of the day, it's a movie. When he was writing it, he didn't quite know what the details of what happened before were. So you know, let's cut the guy some slack. Yeah. Well, at this point too, though, it's a lot of other folks who are like kind of filling in details and trying to smooth things over and. And it's like, okay, guys, you're co- you're complicating things too much. <laughs> you yeah. know what? I was okay with I was okay with there no, not being any Jedi. Okay, there are no Jedi. And that's like the more and more I think about it, the more like I get bothered by the whole the Kanan Ezra thing, you know, and and, and that whole. I'm like, okay, I, I'm okay, whatever. Well, I, you know, I obviously they threw out, you know. They threw out most of this stuff, but, uh, you know, we, we already knew that there were Jedi who survived. Uh, you yeah, know, but then they keep refer- well, but then, then why is Luke always the new hope? Or why is it, why does it have to be Luke and Leia? They're the ones that bring, you know, are going to bring balance, you know, to stop Vader. Because Obi-Wan they- is very self-involved and he just can't picture a world where the guy that he trains isn't the one who's going to save everybody. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's Anakin or Luke, one of these days I'm going to get it right. Going to get it right. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to train this kid for all of forty minutes on a sh- space cruiser and then set him loose. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great idea. Uh, by yeah, the way, a, another cool. thing that uh, that that pops up is, uh, you know, we knew that uh, that uh, the the daddy-daughter relationship in uh, in Rogue One was going to be front and center. But uh, we saw a little bit more of it in the trailer. And, uh, it, you know, it begs the question, is there any family that has a normal relationship in that galaxy? Everyone's got issues. I mean, you're never going to see someone go, oh, dad, me and dad, we get all, got along fine. We're all happy together. No conflict here in this galaxy far, far away. No. They're always parental and and child issues and no one lives no human being lives past 60 the proceeding was a presentation of the radio misfits podcast network find our other great shows on itunes stitcher radio 
and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cabotron.